Hey, this is Chris and Jan Woodruff, and you are listening to the Hindsight Podcast, where we sit down with people and we take a look back at what we can learn from a very specific season in their life. I don't know about you, but our time with the Latimers, we got to sit in their lake house. So I got to sit outside. Outside in the screen porch, overlooking Lake Lanier. Listening to the guy work on his dock <laughs> That's right. across the way. Uh, there, I think could, may uh, have been a dog barking or some geese flying over. We could have done. You, you guys all are familiar with the books, you know, uh, where you've got to like point out and find. When you're reading with your kids, find this, find that. We could have done a book of just the noises <laughs> that we heard. <laughs> that nice from the geese to the to the hammer to the saw uh, to the dog to the fox. There was a fox. We heard a fox to we, the wave runner. We've learned that foxes, fox, plural, right? Foxes, when they are like screeching or whatever, Howling. it sounds like someone is getting harmed. <laughs> sounds like <laughs> so a I woman screaming. I believe we may have edited that out in this, which is great, but we didn't edit out a lot of the natural noises because we really love just being out there and sitting in this amazing environment. And so as you guys know, from the very beginning, we have told you, we are not recording podcasts to go viral at any point or be yeah, this, this is not professional thing. We are being authentic, and the environment was just amazing. And so if you hear all that, it's it was intentional. That's right, because we didn't want to go inside. Well, it yeah. was just too darn pretty, and uh, and we just want we just loved hanging out on their on their screened in porch with them and uh, and having this conversation. So. Um, these guys get into some really cool stuff, and uh, the, again, I mentioned it on the on when we finished up with the Renfro's, but such wisdom in their mm-hmm. and just in how you hear them and their demeanor and just their yeah, their um, yeah just how they speak couple. and and think and they're so intentional and uh, just some really good stuff, especially for us as we start to think through. Uh, you know, we're six years away potentially here for for being. Um, I'm not going to give it away, an empty nester. They call it something else. Um, but what that looks like and just their thought process on starting to think about it different. And, oh, um, you're going to love it. And that's it's huge for us because for we're us. starting to have those conversations, and it was really, really big yeah. deal. Um, so sitting with them, we learned a ton. So I'm really yeah. excited. First priority, though, that we did learn from them, Lake House. At some point, we need to figure out how we can do that because that's definitely going to be something we need to make happen. Absolutely. I'm certain that will impact our marriage in the best way possible. <laughs> hey, I am all in. You don't have to sell me on it. I know. I know. just got to figure out how to afford it. That's right. Hey, anyway, yeah, yeah. let's jump in uh, with Dennis and Jane. You guys are going to love uh, hearing from these guys. Well, hey, everybody. We're sitting down with Dennis and Jane Latimer. Thank you guys for um, sitting with us and hosting with us. Uh, if you guys can't hear, which I'm sure you can, there is a lovely uh, geese in goose. the back. There are geese. How do you, how do you pronounce that? Is, that, is it goose or geese? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you, you, yeah I, I did it all right there, yeah, right? Um, so we're sitting out on the, uh, the screen porch overlooking the lake, and, uh, and we just decided we're not going to take it inside where it's peaceful and quiet. We don't mind the geese. Um, and the outside and, uh, nature yeah. that's going to join us. And uh, so you guys are just going to uh, enjoy with us through the podcast. Uh, that we're sitting on the lake. So, hey, Dennis and Jane, thank you guys so much for uh, for having us over. Um, for those of us, or for those folks that are listening that don't know who you are and don't know a lot about you, uh, will you guys give us a little snapshot of who you are, how long you've been married, how many kids do you have, uh, that kind of stuff? Certainly. 
So um, I'm a, one of those rare breeds. I'm an Atlanta native, so born and raised. In, that is uh, very rare. I know. Born at St. Joseph's when it was downtown. But uh, one of five kids. I uh, grew up in Decatur. I ended up going to college at Berry College. Um, got a master's at Georgia State. And while, while I was at Berry, I met Jane. But it would have been far too convenient to date her while she was there. So we <laughs> now, were you all same year? No. Okay. She's younger. Um, and so when she moved, she ended up going to Auburn, and I graduated. And I was best man in her twin sister's wedding and oh. asked her out uh, that evening after the wedding. It was our first date. Oh, okay. And, uh, you know, we were about a year and a half later, we were married. And that's been 38 years ago. And so we have three children, a daughter who's 34, a daughter who's 32, and a son who's 26. And the two older ones, all three are married. Okay. The two older ones have five grandchildren between them. So age nine, the oldest, and soon to be two is the youngest. Oh, that's so great. That's a wonderful part of life. Is that a mix of boys and girls? Mm -hmm. Yes. Okay. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. Three girls, two boys. How All fun. Loads of fun. Oh, my gosh, yes. And I'm sure they love coming here. They do. They do. This is yes. a grandchild haven. Yeah, this yeah. is our dream. Our yeah. dream is um, is is a camp for the grandkids, basically, yeah. where mm-hmm. they, the, all of our kids, God willing, you know, um, they just drop them off and they hang out with us for a week or two weeks or however long we can take somewhere <laughs> in the summer. And, and it's like, you know, they've got different things to do, which they definitely have here with just swimming in the lake and, yeah. Great memories, I'm sure. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It, it's that obvious reason we bought the lake house. Huh? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> that's the reason. That, that's, it's that's a draw, a but we've heard that. You always have to draw them back. Yeah, yes. that's, that's right. a lot of the reasons. So, yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. It makes total sense. Yeah. So, Jane, where are you from? Yeah, I'm not an Atlanta native. Um, my father was Air Force. He was in World War II. He was a pilot. Okay. So they lived all over the place. I have a brother 11 years older than me. And uh, when he he moved back to the States, well, actually, I was born in Germany, mm-hmm. but uh, I have a twin sister, so my brother's 11 years older than me. And then my sister and I came along, which was great because there was such a big gap. Yeah. And you had a but buddy. my mother was totally surprised. She had no idea oh, she was wow. having twins. Wow. So she was older. She was 40. And um, now she's got twins. They moved back to the States. And then I lived in uh, Ohio, then Michigan, then Kansas City, and then Atlanta, um, where my dad retired. Okay. That's great. So I um, uh, went to Barry College, and like Dennis said, it would have been lovely if we'd dated while we were there, but we were both dating other people. Um, and then I transferred to Auburn and got my degree there, and then we started dating. Now, did your sister go to the same school? Because oftentimes uh, twins travel together, right? Right. We started out at Barry College together, and then I transferred to Auburn, and that was the first time we'd been apart. And the wow. hard thing about that was we had to split our wardrobe. Oh, no <laughs> kidding. It's <laughs> a big deal. That was traumatic. Yeah, I can imagine. Yeah. Hey, was there some like some really intense conflict over like a certain shirt? Like, no, that's my favorite. No, that's my favorite. <laughs> there was some discussion. That's yes, right. Definitely. Yeah. So yeah. it's it's weird being married to a twin. The second date, they both came to the door. Oh, no. And I didn't have a clue who I was with. <laughs> I didn't Did, Was that on purpose to see if no, he really could figure clueless. it out? Okay. Totally clueless. Are you identical? Yes. Okay. Oh, wow. Neat. 
Yeah, and I've embarrassed myself a few times over the marriage, during the marriage, <laughs> thinking that this was Jane and it was really Jean. But it's kind of convenient sometimes. We can go out in public. I can go out in public with Jean, and everybody thinks it's Jane. So <laughs> it's kind of convenient that That's way. Great. That's hilarious. Oh That's great. Yeah. So when did you transfer? How long were you at Barry? I was at Barry two and a half years okay. and then ended up at Auburn two and a half years. I lost some credits when I transferred. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So. That's great. So yeah. you're a, you're an Auburn Tiger. I, well, that will be forgiven. We'll let that go. <laughs> um, I'm a Georgia Bulldog through and go. through, but that's all right. Yeah. Um, I root for Auburn when we're not rooting for Georgia um, sometimes. <laughs> Especially when, <laughs> absolutely when they're playing Alabama. Yes. Um, I always root thank for you. any team playing Alabama yeah. <laughs> um, because I'm not an Alabama fan. So. That's right. Uh, well, thank you for giving us just a little bit of insight. And, and for the folks um, that are listening, that really helps um, just provide some context. Give us a little bit more insight into, um, and Jane, you mentioned a little bit of background of just, you know, being an Army brat or Air Force. Air Force. Air Force. Mm-hmm. Um, so moving around a lot. But give us maybe some context as well as wh- how was marriage modeled for you? Because right now you guys are in 38 years, which is incredible. Jan and I, that's twice, that's like half of our marriage that's right, right now. Um, so that's where we want to be in 19 years. Um, but what's the context you had that helped? build the like what is marriage for you guys to help you guys to commit to where you are today knowing that there's more that much more beyond the 38 it's interesting my parents were older when I was born and it was a very traditional household where mm-hmm. um, dad was a breadwinner mom was the homemaker and he got home from from work and read the paper and we had dinner together we did always eat as a family mm-hmm. they were very committed to each other um, I had the the thing I came to notice after I'd been married a while was that there was never any conflict. And what I know is there certainly was. <laughs> yeah. Right? yeah, right. But they never showed but it. But you to didn't us. see it. Yeah. No. yeah. So I went into marriage thinking, you know, it's a this better is versus. easy. Yeah. yeah. What's conflict? Mm-hmm. Yes. So, um, but a wonderful growing up, uh, very caring, kind mm-hmm. people. Yeah. Um, we had a fun family life, traveled a lot, and. Uh, yeah, it was good. But I think the the um, conflict thing was the biggest thing I've realized was was not taught or modeled. How was to it something they just did behind a door yeah. so that y'all didn't see it? Yes, got think, it. You know, back then it's like it's none of your business. You know, we'll right. take care of this and right. Yeah, mm-hmm. I'd love. Look, we'll come back to that because I want to fast forward into then. How did that affect how you? dealt with conflict it when especially when you hit it first on but we can mm-hmm. we can come back to that okay. um Dennis what how what, how was marriage modeled for you growing up um my dad was a classic one woman man uh and I had the opportunity to work with my dad for a number of years during breaks in college and high school and all the guys there would talk about I've never heard your dad talk about another woman I've never heard your dad look at another woman and that's consistent with what I saw at home. Uh, my, my dad's world revolved around my mom, and uh, they had a very special relationship that way. Hmm. Um, my dad also had a very strong work ethic, you know, and providing for five kids was not easy. There were times he was working three jobs to make ends meet, but he'd do what was ever necessary to provide for the family. But similar to Jane's story, Conflict was not handled well at our house. Mm-hmm. Uh, my dad was a grudge bearer, and if you slighted dad, yeah. then he could hold a grudge not just for yeah. a few weeks or months, for years. And mm-hmm. some of them went to his grave with him. And so there were some some pretty massive ones there. And uh, you know, I don't 
there's a point at which you don't blame your dad for all of that, but I certainly was taught a way to handle conflict right. that was not a healthy way to handle conflict. Right. So we kind of both came in with different ways of handling conflict conflict, but neither one of them very healthy. Yeah. And you had idealist, idealistic view of your marriage. Was, this is a cakewalk. You like me, I like you. Yeah. And and we're never going to fight because our parents never did. At least yeah. we didn't see it, yeah. right? Yeah. Yeah. Well, you know, now there's so many resources um, that help identify, you know, how people deal with conflict, whether it's, you know, the colors assessment or Enneagram or all, all these different things that can mm-hmm. help you. I don't know what kind of resources were available 38 years ago, but um, walking into marriage, knowing, you know, having your different experiences, um, talk to us a little bit about how did conflict start to get, you know, worked through your first couple of years of marriage and, and, and how did you get to the other side of it? I would say, you know, conflict is bound to happen one way or the other, yeah. to one degree or another. Right. And um, it would surprise me when it happened because I thought, oh, a bump in the road. This is new, and I didn't really know what to do with it. But Dennis, you can describe how you handled it. Yeah, my I would start to spiral if I felt slighted in some way. Mm-hmm. I'd, I'd withdraw. I'd never get you know really loud or anything like that. But I'd start to get quiet. And there was a point at which I didn't even I couldn't stop the spiral, yeah. and so I, I would just go more and more into myself, more and more hmm. quiet. Um, but it took Jane loving me through that to pull me out of it. And uh, what we found is kind of one of the measures of maturity for us in our relationship was how short the interval between perceived or real offense and resolution was. Mm-hmm. And even resolutions, not necessarily that we're now fully on the same page and we don't still have some disagreement, but the relationship's intact. Yeah. yeah. And, and mm-hmm. we're whole that way. Mm-hmm. And so... Because it's not healthy. I mean, it's just as harmful to be quiet as it is to scream. Mm-hmm. And so in some ways more hurtful. And so it took Jane quite a few years mm-hmm. and, you know, you know, being an instrument of God, trying to help me break those habits in terms of where we were. So, Did you ever... Um did you ever have opportunities to go back and have, like, in your first couple of years, five years of marriage, and have a conversation with your dad and say, Dad, how, you know, gosh, I'm experiencing this conflict, and I just, I don't remember experiencing this, experiencing this in our home. You know, how did you handle it? Did you ever get to get any feedback from him or approach him from that perspective? No, no, that was, um, never felt the freedom to have that kind mm-hmm. of conversation mm-hmm. with yeah. my dad, you know? Yeah. So who did you lean into? Did you have people around you? Yeah. My brother, my older brother, so one of the things that was unusual about our family is we were raised in the Catholic Church, but my dad had some church hurts somewhere along the way, and he kind of had written off church of all forms. My mom tried to keep us a little involved in church, so she'd drop us off uh, for Mass each week and and come pick us up afterwards, but you really shouldn't leave three boys (laughs) unsupervised (laughs) at a church. That just was not a good setup. And so... um, It may have been intentional for her. If there was three boys, she's like, see, I'm not here. That was her break for the week. Exactly, exactly. Someone else's turn. Yeah, but uh, all five of the children became believers, and that really confused my dad. Wow. And through the Catholic Church? No. Okay. No. My older brother and sister, I'm right in the middle. Older brother and sister both became believers, and my brother was the one that was most active. We were closest even became before he became a Christian, but after he became a Christian, he he's the one that 
led me through the process of becoming a believer, primarily through introducing me to a group of people who loved me into the kingdom rather than argued me into the kingdom. So, <laughs> so as we went through all of that, my brother, I could process that with him. And he even sat down with Jane and said, okay, look, let me tell you some of the stuff that we had to do with our family and what how that's affected Dennis. And he's worth the effort, Aww. but there's some things you're going to have to go through. And what so, a gift. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So wow. That's a huge yeah. gift. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, Especially from a sibling. You know, that doesn't always happen. Right. Yeah. And weird. that sibling, his oldest brother, went on and was a pastor. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah? Well, so he had some training, and he, he's just a genuinely caring, you know, just thoughtful person. Mm-hmm. So he helped us a lot through a lot of, a lot of rough things, mm-hmm. you know, things that would come up. We knew we yeah. could turn to him. And then I've always been real close to my sister. Right. And so we could process things. She's probably my most, you know, my best confidant. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. So when you look at the first season of your marriage, say the first 18, so you have kids in the mix, would that have been something that you felt was maybe your hardest obstacle was just navigating the conflict? Or was there anything else that you feel like you hit some bumps on that kind of shaped you getting through to the 38? You know, the conflict part was like the training ground for us. There was an awful lot of motivation to do it. And You know, early on, we learned how to fight fair. We wouldn't Mm -hmm. attack each other, you know. And yes, I would struggle with shutting down, but that interval got shorter and shorter over time. And still, it was a challenge, and it was certainly something we had to learn. But another area we really struggled in a lot, especially when the kids were young, uh, was in terms of uh, just the busyness of my schedule and my career. Yeah. Um, It was, uh, I had a lot of opportunity early um, and got put in some pretty high um, accelerated leadership development types of things. And I had an opportunity, I was finishing my executive MBA, and I had the opportunity to join a different company. And it's much smaller. Um, and so I was talking to Jane about it and wondering, should we, shouldn't we? And um, she's so soft-spoken. She normally would never raise her hand and say, okay, this is enough. You know, that's always puts a lot more pressure on me to not, you know, trample over that. But uh, she's asked me, do you know how much you've traveled recently? And I said, well, there's two problems with that question. (laughs) One is, you know, the answer. And two, I don't. Yeah. And she said, 33 of the last 35 weeks, you've been on the road some portion of the week. Wow. And uh, and she said, I haven't counted this, but I'm willing to bet three quarters of the time you've had less than two days notice because of the nature of my job and what I was doing. So how old were the kids at that time? Uh, they were two and four. Uh, our third child wasn't born yet. And uh, it wasn't the only reason I made the decision to change um, what I was doing, but it was a wake-up call for us. Yeah. You know, that's not the life we wanted to live together. That's not the life we wanted to live with our kids. So we bit the bullet. We took a 70% pay cut. and. Wow. Um, we move forward and have never looked back and regretted that decision ever. And I think that's a great message because there's such a fine balance because as a new couple, you're looking at ways that you can succeed and you can build your family empire, if you will, for the lack of better words, but there's still a balance of what's too much, right? Because to, to gain much, you have to always, there's always a sacrifice. I always learned that when I was even in business is that with what's required of you, even if you're going to get a bigger paycheck, there's still so much more that comes with that that's a cost. Right. So I think that's really helpful for people who are looking at their marriages through a, a lens and going, you know, I wish my husband maybe made more, but is he home? 
right? So that's a blessing for people to consider that if your husband can be a or is it a wake up call that, yeah, we've got this awesome lifestyle, but we never see each other. And what would you say, because I think there's a lot of, of folks that will reason with themselves and go, well, this is just for a season. I need, we need to do this just for a season, but I think you'll keep on telling yourself that. Mm-hmm. So what advice would you give a couple that's in that season right now? They're kids are two and four or maybe three, five and six or whatever, but he's got the promotion. There's all kinds of opportunities, but on the road and they're, they're telling themselves, well, we're just going to do this for a season. I would say, you know, it's all about keeping your priorities straight. It really is. And that takes communication between the two of you and you've got to, you've got to sit down and hash that out. Mm-hmm. And family's always going to come out at the top of that discussion. Yeah. So um, we would probably say we would have done it differently um, if we could go back and redo it. Um, But, you know, it was what it was, and and we learned a lot, and that was a hard, uh, a really hard time. Yeah. Coupled with that, I wanted to say um, I grew up not around kids. So for me, raising kids was, was, it took everything I had. And uh, my, my parents were older. We didn't have a lot of friends. We weren't in the church. Um, when I brought my first child home from the hospital, I didn't know how to put a diaper on. Yeah. I looked wow. at her yeah. and went, sorry, honey, we're going to learn this together. <laughs> and we did. So I had, you know, the two kids close together, and Dennis was traveling all the time, and um, it just wasn't a good mix. Yeah. Really. Now, other people could probably handle that better. I felt like I was trying to keep my head above water. Yeah. Um, but a lot of that was more about me, even though he was gone. Um, I just wasn't. I but just, I think it is personality driven, too. Yes. You have to look at all the dynamics of each individual's marriage. I mean, I had I got we got married and I was married or excuse me, I was older when we got married. Right. So I had worked mm-hmm. and I'd always had a career. And so. Yeah, I desired kids. I always knew that's what I wanted. I had poured into my nieces and nephews, but there is a different shift than it's your kids, mm-hmm. yep. and you're going to pull back, and you're not getting the same affirmation or what have you. So it's really, you just have to continue. We always had like plan A, plan B, plan C to figure out what was best for us in our home, yeah. factoring and all that, you yeah. know, to say, okay, where are we going to be most healthy and still have a good balance? Mm-hmm. But I just think that's so important for couples to hear that you've got to prioritize family and where do you want to put it in the list of priorities. And it's always going to end up coming on top. And and so that's got to weigh in when you you say, oh, we're just going to do this for a season. And and we know the reality. One season turns into two, turns into three. And then all of a sudden your kids are teenagers and Mm -hmm. you've been traveling majority of their life. And and I think there's a lot of couples that get stuck in that. Well, this is just a season. We got to do this for just a season. And I think it's it's really great to hear the decision you made and then how it benefited you, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And priorities is one word. Another one I'd use is principles or just um, mm-hmm. because you asked, how do you know, you know, is this just a season or not? Yeah. And I think part of it is you have to, we get stuck on like techniques too often. And if you can center on the truth or the principle, we didn't get married. So I'd have a good job. We didn't ma- get married just to have kids. We didn't get married so that we'd have a nice retirement account. Right. You know, Andy Stanley likes to say, you didn't have kids so you'd have someone to play with the toys. You didn't get married (laughs) just so that you'd have some reason to have a job or have a house or all these other things. The reason we got married is because we loved each other. We wanted to honor God in our marriage and and raise kids that would honor God. 
And so I could tell myself as a season, but principle-wise, you knew in your heart, if you really would sit and, and think about it, you knew. There's one other statement that I really like that uh, I, th- I forget who said this one, that the chief attribute of leadership effectiveness is self-awareness. Hmm. And I think mm-hmm. that's just so hard to be really honest with ourselves. You know, why are we doing this? Why am I working like this? You know, I'm having fun. I'm getting affirmation. I'm getting promotions and a lot of other things like that. But at the end of the day, it's not who I wanted to be. It's not who we wanted to be yeah. right, as a couple. And to be to be able to put the brakes on, which I didn't do that. I, I want to be clear about that. Jane is the one that did that for me. So <laughs> yeah. I, there's no nobleness on my side. But to be able to be given the gift to see that that clearly and say, okay, stop, check out, you know, let's let's not let's move back and turn around and go the other way. You know, one other thing I would say, you know, about one of the things that worked well for us is that we always have worked real hard to stay on the same page financially. Mm-hmm. And it's not like we were making a ton back then. But to be able to take a 70% pay cut and not have to move from your house and other stuff, you know, there were some things that came into play there. And that was just real important. We're not trying to, like, you know, we, we make our mistakes, obviously. But being on the same page financially allowed us to say um, yes to a 70% pay cut. Right. And we felt like that's really what God wanted us to do. Mm-hmm. So. We had been we had been diligent about budgeting because mm-hmm. that's what we were taught right when right. we got married. And, and we did that. And that allowed us to look at the paperwork and go, yeah, we can take this job. Yeah. 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 So it, and isn't it amazing when you honor what I think God wants us to honor, right? So in your case, you made this cut because it was important for your family. It was really important for your marriage, how God will fill in those gaps. Yes. And you realize that you really aren't missing as much as you thought you were going to miss. I mean, we had a season when we mm-hmm. were in transition with jobs and I was home with the kids and Chris was um, just waiting on another opportunity, but there was a gap. Mm-hmm. And it probably was really one of the sweetest the seasons times. of our marriage. Yeah. Yeah. We were faithful in our prayer. Yeah. Right. We were faithful in our spending. Yeah. We realized that what we thought we needed to spend, we didn't. Mm-hmm. And we had even still so much. Like we could still go on a date. We may not have been right. going to a nice dinner. Maybe it was, you know, grabbing a burger or Chick-fil-A and just Mm -hmm. walking in the park, which is still actually more quality time. Mm -hmm. And so I want to say that that, I always think back and when we think we need more, usually our perspective is out of whack Mm -hmm. because we really need far less to Mm -hmm. be content. And we were put in such a great place to just be in the center of dependence, Mm -hmm. just being completely dependent, you know, and and all right, God, your daily bread. Mm-hmm. Right. Just praying for daily bread today mm-hmm. and, and, and to see how he would just provide and open doors. And, and uh, yeah, it was one of our richest, richest seasons. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Well, and, and we are by nature creatures of comfort. We kind of revert to what's comfortable and remove the pain. Yeah. And I think God loves us too much to allow us to stay that way. And so when there's times like that of disruption, it gets us off of autopilot. Yeah. Because we think our schedule is a you know a surrogate for God's will for our life <laughs> because we're on autopilot and we're just doing yeah. things and getting yeah. up every day and doing stuff and we don't live and examine life and say okay God is this really what you want me to be doing and sometimes He has to shake us by the lapel and say thirty three out of thirty five weeks is too much to yeah. that's <laughs> right or something like that or fish slap like, or something, yeah, something. <laughs> that's something. right let's, let's find a way to get His attention that's right yeah. Yeah. that's right yeah. 
So uh, another thing I think we, over time, we learned that we didn't know early in our marriages, we'd find ways to major on the majors. So what are the main things we need to be talking about? We need to be, have a regular budget discussion. And normally in a marriage, one person really wants to have that discussion. The other one doesn't want to have <laughs> so that discussion. Yep. And if you never have that discussion, that's a real problem. Yeah. You know, we would major on have we connected at a deeper level, you know, uh, from time to time. Because you get so lost in the business of marriage. There's a, an industrial psychologist, Victor Vroom, that talks about four levels of communication. One is data, facts, and geography. So all you talk about is how did Georgia do, you know, in right. the last game, how are the Braves doing, that type of thing. Level two is hopes, dreams, aspirations, fears, you know, and it's a different level of communicating. And so if we're not level two and it's been some period of time, for us a, a week would be too long. If we don't connect beyond the business level, the level one, then we say, okay, barometer's going off. That's one of our majors. Hmm. Let's make sure we're okay there. That's great. You know, mm-hmm. a few other things I'd say is, boy, don't put too much pressure on the marriage. So what's your relationship with God like? Hmm. And do you have other people in your life that can know, really know you? Not yeah. just at a level one level, but someone that can know that last 10% about you. Yeah. And somebody your spouse feels good about. Mm-hmm. You know, so... I have a few very close friends that I can do that with, my brother being one of them, but I have a few other close friends that I don't put the weight of all stuff on Jane. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> and, and, and so it's like building those, those majors, those fence posts mm-hmm. around your marriage and saying, okay, if we have those there, some of the minors become a lot less major yeah. at that time. So, That's great. Yeah. Those are really good. I love that. Yeah, major on the majors. That's really good. Mm-hmm. Um, all right, so last set of questions before we wrap up this episode, and then we'll the second episode. I want to get into more of okay, the kids are now out of the house. What's marriage like? Because that's definitely the season for Jan and I. That's um, that's really coming. Um, but thinking about the season of um, raising kids, they're in the home, they haven't left yet. Um, looking back, and hindsight's twenty twenty, right? So that's the benefit for you guys. Looking back, is there anything that you wish you would have done more of? And then on the flip side, I'm also, we also want to know, is there anything you wish you did less of? And that could be as a couple. That could be, Dennis, you individually as a husband you wish you did more of, or Jane as a wife would love to know more of you wish you did in those first 18 to 22 years or 24, however long they were in the home. Um, and, and then um, what'd you do, what, what would you have done less of? One of the things I would say that we'd want to do more of um, is someone had gotten our attention early in our marriage around find the the place that's your child's place, not just your place, the place you love, but the place your child loves. Hmm. And you leverage that to keep your child uh, talking with you and having a, a deeper relationship with you. So like when kids are young, they want to delay bedtime. So if dad will sit or mom will sit on their bed, they'll talk for an hour if you let them. Mm-hmm. You'll have to leverage that. There has to be boundaries around it, but you want to leverage that. <clears throat> Over time, that changes. A trampoline became that later for us, for mm-hmm. the girls. They loved the trampoline. Yeah. So we had a lot of fun for hours sitting out on a trampoline. We, um, this is going to be the height of rationalization. <laughs> but I later bought a, a, a convertible. And... <laughs> There was not a time that I'd say after dinner, does anyone go want to go for a ride, that some, one of the kids would say, 
I want to go. Yeah. Jane used to say, well, when do I get to go? That's right. I was going to say. Because the kids, the kids would always want to go. And it would normally be something like this. We'd talk about nothing and everything for 20, 30 minutes. Yeah. And then we'd talk about something really meaningful for the last 20, 30 minutes. Hmm. And it's like looking into a fire. You mm-hmm. just find a place that means something to them. My girls, late high school, college, it became photography. And so we'd go on shoots. we do an awful lot together. It, all it became was a prop of something they really liked that I could get into their space with them mm-hmm. and we could spend more time. And that would be the backdrop for having a, some real life meaningful conversations. We still have it today. The lake house plays into that. Yeah. <laughs> so, you know, it, I think that's important for a dad. Yeah. You know, especially as a mom, you're there all the time. And it's not like you can't capitalize on those things, and you do, mm-hmm. but you're naturally there. So yeah. for dentists to be aware of, of their spaces and try and uh, yeah. work into that was real meaningful. And uh, it's great because he's got a great relationship with the kids. and That's awesome. And that was intentional. I love that. Mm-hmm. I love that. Anything specific you guys can think of you wish you would have done less? That was a hard question. Yeah. The thing that comes to mind for me first is I would have worked less. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And it's not just the time you're gone. It's being distracted when you're here or, you know, when you are home. And then, you know, grabbing so much time like, okay, the kids just went to bed. So I'm going to now I'm going to take time and work on email and do all this other kind of stuff. Um, So I would have spent less time doing that. Mm -hmm. Yeah. You know, you hear that, um, at least I've read up and heard different stories of, you know, when you uh, you get to, like, that whole idea of thinking with the end in mind and thinking from an obituary perspective or what do you want people to say yeah. about you. And, and the reality is, is no one is ever going to look back and say, I wish I would have spent more time at work. Right. Or I wish I would have spent less time with my family. Mm-hmm. It's it's never, it's always the flip side of that. It's I wish I would have spent more time with my family mm-hmm. and I wish I would have spent less time at work. But that's the benefit of hindsight. And so hopefully there's some folks that are listening that can hear that and it could grab onto it and make a decision similar to like you did and say, it's worth the pay cut because I'm spending too much time at work and one day I'm going to look back and say, I wish I hadn't and I wish I would have spent more time. So mm-hmm. that's where I think that's so great. To, um, to share. So thank you um, for that. So that's episode number one. Um, thank you guys. Thank We're going to come back. This has been great. Yeah. And we'll, uh, we'll hit on the next season of now that the kids are out of the house, what's marriage like? So we'll do that in the next one. All right. loved hanging out with them and we loved being able to um, just really get some great wisdom from them. The one thing I really took away was the courage that they had to make a job change to impact their family. And and we heard a little bit of that with the Renfros. And I think that's such a big thing for marriages. Mm -hmm. You know, there's, we've gone through seasons where we didn't have a job or we had some job changes and it's very stressful on the relationship. But isn't it interesting in both cases where they were successful, that was not necessarily the best thing for their family at that time either. Financially. Right. You know what I mean? And so I thought that was, it took a lot of courage for Dennis to be able to step back because ultimately at the end of the day, he may have been bringing in enough money for their home to run. But if he and Jane and his kids were not on the same page, how different things could have looked for their future. Yeah, I'm telling you guys, this is a challenge for you. 
you know, this is coming already, you know, back to back podcast coming from two guys who were very successful and and ended up still being very successful, but were at a at a peak in their career. And guys, they had the courage to make the decision to say, No, I'm done. I'm not gonna continue along these lines. I'm making the decision that's best for my family. And Dennis said it, he said priorities, right? It's even more than uh, or in its principles, even more than prioritizing its principles. And as men, we've got to we've got to evaluate and have the self awareness that he talked about to be able to make that decision, to make that call. And mm-hmm. so, I hope that 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 challenged someone. And uh, and my prayer is that that you hear it and you can respond to it, right? And do something different and make make the priority uh, your family because mm-hmm. there's some folks out there. I I mean I I was at a season where that was part of yeah of our life. I was yeah, on the road the travel a ton. Travel was a yeah. lot, yep. Mm-hmm. And you can justify everything. Yep. And even as a wife, you want to be supportive. You want to know that the paycheck's coming in. You want to know that you can use that paycheck to do all the fun things that you want. But at the end of the day, in a healthy, healthy marriage, you have to be able to communicate to your spouse the hard stuff. And I think Jane showed that, that she had to pull him aside and say, well, you know, I'm really proud of you for providing. At the other side of it, we're dying over here. Mm -hmm. And so there's got to be a a balance. So for the wife side of it, being able to be courageous, I think that's where open communication from the beginning of your marriage starts, that you always are checking in at the first year marriage, eight year marriage, 20 years of marriage, always revisit those things that seem common and make sure that you guys are still on the same page because things shift and change. Yep. So that was episode one. Coming up is going to be episode two. Be sure you guys are subscribing out on iTunes or wherever it is that you listen to uh, the podcast. And again, we say it every time. Uh, we really do mean it. We'd love that you, if you guys would go out and uh, rate and review on, uh, on iTunes or wherever it is, again, that you're listening. That helps others find us. Uh, and by finding us, I really mean finding the info that all these great couples and folks are sharing because um, I just think there's some really good stuff. Yeah, and we're I mean, learning a ton, and so we want others to learn it too. It's been great because some of you guys will run into us, and we get to see you, and you comment how this is helpful for you. And that means a lot because sometimes we don't even know if anyone's listening. <laughs> but in all fairness, if you could rate and review, that is just so helpful to, like Chris said, just to know that it's been helpful for you and um, that you're being able to use this information in the best way possible. All right, guys. So we'll catch you on the second episode. You don't want to miss. They have some amazing nuggets they're going to drop. Yeah. Bye-bye.